Welcome to She's a DPM, a platform for women to share their experiences, knowledge, and insights on cultivating a life in and outside the field of podiatric medicine and surgery. Well, welcome back, everybody, to She's a DPM. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Oxman, and today's special guest is Dr. Katerina Grigoropoulos. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Oxman. This is so awesome. And I know we were talking about this before, but you, whatever you're doing with D, She's a DPM, keep going with it. It is such a brilliant idea. Um, you're interviewing so many awesome women in the field, and I'm sure you're inspiring so many other residents and students. So just keep that momentum going. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, that was really nice. So thank you. And I will. And I want to talk later too, that I know you have a podcast as well. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's been on the back burner. So don't remind me about that. Yeah. I've been trying to resurrect it, but it's so freaking hard. It really is. It is. And one, I, I know I follow you on social media and you just have this like awesome presence. I feel like you're very a genuine person online, which I know it's just a piece of your life, but you're just have like a very inviting and friendly persona. So I was so excited to have you on the podcast and you're a super creative person. And I love that. And you talk about back burners. Well, I love a good back burner hobby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's hard to balance everything. I think that's the problem. I like a lot of, I like a little bit of everything. So when I try to put my fingers in like little different pots and try to learn different things, it's, it's Uh, exciting. It's fun, but it's really hard to build momentum and keep momentum with everything. Yes. Agree. Before we get into it, all that you want to tell me, are the listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Um, I was born and raised in Chicago, pretty much have been here my whole life. Um, I was interested in podiatry pretty much after college. I learned about it. I always wanted to go into healthcare. I always wanted to be a physician. Um, I really wanted to do something with my hands. So at first I was kind of experimenting with the idea of going to dental school, but I love talking way too much. So I was like, I want to get to know my patients. I like talking and I, I like working on my hands. What else can I do? Um, during my gap year, I actually learned about podiatry and I shadowed a podiatrist that actually, um, was in the Chicagoland area and I fell in love with how she treated her patients and everything about what she did. So I applied and I got in, I went to Shoal for school and then I did my residency at Loyola university. And then after my residency, I did a fellowship in wound care and limb salvage at UT Southwestern in Dallas. And now I'm back in Chicago and I'm working at the Wildfoot and Ankle Institute and I'm working in the north suburb areas of the Chicagoland area. So yeah, and now I'm on staff at six different hospitals. So it's, it's definitely a lot. <laughs> six different hospitals. Yeah, yeah, six. So it's, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of different call scheduled and I'm not on call at all, at all times. You know, there's like, it, it's staggered, but it's a lot. Um, well, thanks for, thanks for putting, I, yeah. I can, I just had a heart palpitation six. Wow. Well, you are truly a go, a go getter. <laughs> yeah. I, she's making a hand gesture of her. her my only Stephanie can do that though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I believe it was during uh, your time at Scholar and podiatry school, you started an organization called SoulFit. Is that correct? Yes. And then what is SoulFit? 
Yeah, so when I was a student, um, so to answer your question first, SoulFit is basically an organization that I started at Shoal that we educate and we provide new shoes and socks to children in need. So I wanted to start kind of small and try to offer shoes or socks for lower income families in our clinic, in our little podiatry school clinic that we have in, in North Chicago. Because there was occasionally children that would come in with foot pain and they would complain that their feet hurt during school, but they don't, it doesn't hurt when, when they're at home. And the only factor that was different between school and home is the fact that they were wearing shoes. So there were a handful of kids that I remember that would come into clinic and complain of toe pain and, and foot pain simply because their shoes were two sizes too small. So I knew there was an issue in that community and I really wanted to make a difference there. But it's interesting because I looked up, you know, different organizations on Google of organizations that had like a similar mission. And I found this amazing national organization called Shoes That Fit. And basically their mission is to provide shoes for lower income families, especially for children. And basically um, the way that they work is there's different chapters of Shoes That Fit. Businesses can start one, individual people, clinics, schools, whoever it may be. You just start a chapter with shoes that fit. You raise money, you send them the money, and then they per they basically purchase shoes, send it to the school. You, you pick a school that you want to sponsor. They send the shoes to the school, and then you arrange like a distribution event with the school, and then you gather up volunteers, whether it's from your school, your work, your family, you know, yourself, whoever it may be. And there's like this big distribution event where volunteers go to the schools, they educate. And we added the component of the educational component where we talk about foot hygiene um, and how to take care of your feet at a very elementary level. I mean, these are children from like preschool to like eighth grade mostly. So we educate, we provide new shoes and socks. And it had our first distribution event I remember was in my third year. Uh, third or fourth year of podiatry school and our goal was to sponsor 100 kids like I really wanted our first distribution event to be 100 kids and it was a huge success and we had so much so many volunteers that were interested from my school and it wasn't only podiatry students it was MD students physical therapy students students from all other programs so it was really cool to integrate all the healthcare fields together for a common cause to help these kids in need so that was like super, super cool. Um, that kind of picked up momentum at Shoal. And then I was like, okay, why stop there? Let's try opening up different chapters at a different podiatry school. So I'm still in the process of, you know, doing that remotely, you know, trying to connect with students and having them start SoulFit chapters. And SoulFit is essentially like a shoes that fit chapter, but I want all the podiatry chapters to be named SoulFit. That way we can keep track which ones are podiatry. And you can you can start one. Anyone can start a sulfa chapter, and I can certainly um, give you instructions of like you know how to do that. Uh, I have like this little website that I can, I refer all my or all the people that want to volunteer start their own chapter. Uh, I I can provide that for you later on. Um, but yeah, it kind of lost its momentum a little bit with COVID because of course we couldn't go to the schools, the schools were remote and still it's a little bit of a challenge to get into the schools right now. I mean, it's definitely getting better. The restrictions are lifting, um, but I really do hope Solvit regains momentum now after the COVID restrictions are, are slowly starting to lift so we can help more kids in our community. And I really hope that the podiatry 
community as well, not only inside the schools, but in clinics, private practices, hospitals, anybody can start a chapter. So if we can all, you know, if each state at least had one SoulFit chapter, like that would make such a huge difference in on itself. So that's what SoulFit is. And that's like my goals for the future to really expand on and not only have it in the schools, but also in, you know, the practices, the hospitals, um, so on and so forth. So that's, that's my main goal. That is amazing. And I love that at first just started with you just being like, there's a need here and what can I do to, yeah. to fill this need or to help with this? And that is, I just love that. That's a great Oh, thank you. And then if anyone's interested in learning a little bit more about it, I have a website that I'm still building. It's also a work in progress. Hey, um, it's everything's called, a work in progress. I everything's a work in progress. I mean, if everything was done in a hundred percent, like what would we work towards, you know? <laughs> so um, the website is called cat. My, like the first three letters of my name, K-A-T-D-P-M dot com so catdpm.com and there's a tab called Soulfit. it has a little bit of information how to start your own chapter and it's so easy to start one like you just have to download the application it's like a page and a half of information and then you send it to shoes that fit and they send you like this really nice pamphlet information about the organization and what's cool about it also is if you're interested in helping a school in your community they find lower income schools in your community and they match you with the school so it's super easy. It's totally streamlined. Um, and it's, it's just a really awesome way to all get together to help kids in our community. Great. And I will make sure to put, um, all that information in the show notes too. So if okay. anybody's listening, that would be awesome. Let's do it. Let's start some soul fit or <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's great. One, that's what you started in, in a uh, school still. That's just amazing. And then yeah. I know you have, a, like I said, you're a very creative and um, person and I really love that. Oh, thank you. Hello, creative. So I know you also have a podcast um, called yeah. Pod Talk, but who is your target audience for? Yeah. So my target audience, the, the way I wanted to build Pod Talk was around an audience for podiatry. So for students, for residents, um, not so much really for attendings. I really wanted to focus it more on uh, the stages before going into attending life. Um, so, and I had talked, I had a couple episodes about like sulfid and uh, interviews and how to exceed and succeed in, um, in residency and on your clerkships and stuff like that. So my target audience is basically those two population groups, but I have so many ideas for the podcast, but it's really, I just have to sit down and do it. Um, but if people are interested in listening to the podcast episodes that I have already created, uh, you can listen it to on Spotify, Apple music, you know, it's on a whole bunch of different platforms, but those are the two main ones. Perfect. And I will also include that. I'm going to include everything in the show notes for okay. people too. I also know you have a strong presence on social media, Instagram, and TikTok. And it's Katerina DPM. For anybody that doesn't follow her, please do. She's uh, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, that means so much to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like, I, I've, uh, several people have requested you also to be on the podcast. They're like, you have to have her on. She's so hilarious and kind. Oh and my awesome. God. That's, that's yeah. so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So before that, I know, um, 
just digging a lot your background not to be creepy that you did no, a comp- I mean, you have to be an investigator when you do this yeah stuff. I totally get it not I'm not getting creep vibes from you Dr. Oxman not at all <laughs> you completed a comedy program at Second City which is a, a huge uh program in Chicago too so do you mind talking a little bit about that Yeah. Oh my God. Second city was one of the best decisions I've ever made to pursue. So I started second city January of my second year of podiatry or uh, of residency. And I was contemplating with the idea, like, do I sign up? Do I not? It's once a week. Like, can I commit to that? I'm still taking call this and that. And I know during our third year, we don't really take call. We're like backup call. So I was like, okay, for at least six months, I'll make it work, you know? So I I signed up for Second City, the second half of my second year of residency. So I was like, I just need something to look forward to every week. I need to, you know, engage myself with people that are there just simply to have fun. And every week after I started, I was constantly looking forward to Sunday afternoons at 1 p.m. that like I just took the bus down to Second City I had the time of my life the classes are two hours long every uh, every Sunday and I met some amazing amazing fun people and just the lightheartedness of it all just the fun of it it literally brought me from a state of oh my god like what am I doing with my life like my mental health like what's going on to the point where I'm like okay I'm gonna be okay like you know, there's a lot of people that do Second City for kind of like a similar reason um, to kind of like find happiness somewhere and find a group of people that, you know, they can kind of just label as like they're, they're fun people. And I met some awesome people. I learned a lot in that class that I can definitely take on to like patient care and into work. Um, a lot of leadership programs right now, like in companies actually hire like improv teachers to do like icebreakers. It's just a really awesome way to connect with people and have comedy as like a common baseline. And one of the things that I learned on Second City was the yes and technique. So if someone says something that you may not agree with or a patient says something, you're just like, oh, that's totally not right. You just want to say yes. And you want to confirm that you heard them, that you're validating what they say. And then you always want to say yes and, and then you explain yourself whether you agree with it or not. And that has saved my ass a couple of times. <laughs> I will be honest. In residency work, you know, I'm validating something that you're saying, but then I'm also having my opinion on it. So yes. And, you know, so it's just a really cool kind of like way to connect with people, but also it's very valuable when it comes to like any sort of job that you're doing, any sort of social interaction with communication stuff like that that is a great tip and something that you're right all of us I'm going to start implementing that tomorrow (laughs) right right because you're you're starting it with a positive no it's not like no I'm gonna say what I need to say now it's yes unless someone's asking you to do something you don't want to do you don't want to start with a yes because that's really like sending bad false signals but um it's it's definitely a good technique it really works Another thing about this and just residency, and I feel like many times you're stuck in medicine, medicine, medicine during residency, and it's 100%. And for a lot of us, that gets really, it can be very challenging. And can, mm-hmm. yes. And um, I think like having something like that, that you get to escape podiatry. <laughs> 
yes. medicine. I highly recommend anybody in residency right now that's struggling, like just step away from it, find something outside of it because ugh, you just have, I, I yeah. have a similar, similar story. I just started, like I started a thrift store company, like during residency on Etsy, because it was like my way of. Oh my getting, God. I have no getting, idea about that. What's your shop's name? I, sh- I had to shut it down. <laughs> See, oh, back burn, back, no. Back burner. Back burner. But you had the experience of starting it, running it. Like what, even if things are on the back burner, you at least have the experience of doing it. Yeah. So if someone says, oh, it's so hard to start a podcast, an Etsy shop. Yeah. No, I had an experience, you know, doing it and it's not so bad. So rather it's like on the back burner, you still have that, you know, experience of starting one and you can always go back and, you know, open it up again. Yeah. It, I like to say on pause. It's on pause. Yes. <laughs> but just Being a hiatus. It's like something, it was something that brought me a lot of joy. That was something that I could do on my own. That was also allowed me to be creative still, but outside of podiatry. And it really, right. helped. so that's awesome about Second City. And I love that tip. With your Instagram, you also use humor. When did, like, what made you decide to kind of start your, the Katarina DPM Instagram? And yeah. yeah, so I was, I started that during my second year of residency. A lot of things happened during second year of residency, um, but that was like the beginning of second year of residency. I was, I had an Instagram, like a personal page, you know, um, and I started noticing like different doctor's accounts on there. And I noticed that I could not find any podiatrists. There was like no one that I could really see or that I knew about that had a podiatry page that was dedicated just for career podiatry, podiatry related humor themes within our profession. So I was like, should I start one? I was like, nah, I don't know. Like, what am I going to say on it? Like, I have no experience with like social media to that degree. And my mom's just like, well, who cares? Just start it. Like, if it doesn't work, just cancel the account, whatever. And I had, such a hard time finding, like picking a handle. I remember I was like, should it be cat DPM, Katarina DPM? Should it be Gugropolis? Should it be foot doc something? And then she's like, well, you want to make it your name or, or just something that, you know, it's going to like say that it's you. And I was like, okay, let's go Katarina DPM, whatever. Let's just submit that. And I started posting a little bit about like residency and you know, the different schools that are out there. And I threw in like a dash of like humor and stuff like that. Um, I think the most that I enjoy is doing, like, I used to be a lot more involved with social media that also is, it kind of lost its momentum after I became an attending, I think, um, for multiple reasons, just because strictly mostly for time. And, you know, I, I, I don't feel comfortable, like making little vlogs while I'm at work and stuff like that. Um, fix so hospitals. <laughs> right. Right. So So I, you know, I kind of lost my momentum with that. I really want to get back up and start doing that. But it's hard to because if you're not vlogging or you're doing something from, you know, the moment you leave work and then until you come back, I mean, that's 12, 13 hours later. You know what I mean? So it's like, what, I'm going to start vlogging at like 7 p.m. So it's kind of hard. And there's there's a way to do it. But I just, I I don't have like the mental capacity to in between patients to be like, let me make a post. Like I'm just, it's just not nonstop sometimes, you know? I agree. And I also think it's important for people to hear that it's like, it's very hard. No, it totally. And like creating content and you know what? I was like, 
when I first started becoming like, when I first started working like in Chicago here as an attending, I was like, okay, I need to come up with like a formula. Like on Mondays, I'll do this. On Tuesdays, I'll do that. On Wednesdays, I'll do that. It's so hard to stick with it. Um, so then I just started just like doing it whenever it just popped into my mind and I felt like the energy to do it, like random reels, stuff like that. I must say that I have lost like the educational components of my Instagram page, which is definitely something that I want to bring back. And that's been like, kind of like the goal for me is to bring back more educational content. Um, but I will, I'll be honest with you after I come home and like my hair's a mess from being in a scrub cap or, you know, whatever it may be, I just look tired and I look like shit. <laughs> like I do not feel like getting in front of the camera and actually like educating today, you know? <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? And so it's hard. It's educational hard. posts take, that takes a lot of time too. I know. And it's like, what do I say? How do I say it? You know, I don't want to make the video too long. It has to be precise. You know, how is it going to be visually appealing for people to see? You know, it's not just me talking. You have, you know, there's like music involved now, stickers, all this other stuff. It's like, okay, making like a 30 second reel like that is probably going to take like, you know, over an hour. So I'm like, do I have time for this? I'm like, no. you know, and then I just say, oh, next time, next time, next time to the point where I haven't posted really anything educational in a, a pretty long time. So I think, I guess I, if I had to give myself advice about that, it's just, I just have to get in front of the camera and just talk and just do it. And not think too, and not overthink everything. And like, yes, everyone's saying like, okay, batch your content and everything well that takes time too and on a, sun, on a Sunday I don't exactly I want to go enjoy life so there has to be a balance I was just gonna say it I think it's good to hear even like from you like yeah you it's a it's a balance and it's okay to push it back too yeah and the thing is all this stuff podcasts the Instagram that's all just for us a hobby it's not like our full-time job it's not paying my bills it's something I do purely out of enjoyment so if it starts to become stressful and there's like a ticking timeline timeline of like deadlines that you feel like you have to put on yourself it, it loses the enjoyment of it um so just have fun with it and if it's if you're kind of MIA for a couple weeks a month whatever it may be you're probably busy focusing on you, on your life. Like there's life outside of Instagram, you know, there's life outside of social media. Um, and on everyone's social media account, it's like 2% of what they're actually going through. There's, you know, family, there's life, there's, there's so much going on and so many layers of everyone's life that is 98% not even shown on social media. So if you want to enjoy your day off and not touch the phone and not put anything like you do you and I do that I'm like I'm not doing anything today I'm, I'm focusing on actually going to buy groceries walking my dog <laughs> doing human things that I need to do to catch up with everything you know yes 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 <laughs> with that being said has a patient ever found you on Instagram or TikTok and brought it up <laughs> Oh God, no. Oh my God. I would melt if that happened. I, I've been praying. I like, thank God no one has mentioned it. I don't know. I, I, when I'm in the office or in the hospital, like, I don't want to talk about social media. Like, I yes. don't like that. I, I like, I pretend you don't, I don't exist on social media because it's like, I never advertise my social media to my patients or like, you know, even to my younger patients, it's just like this hidden secret of my professional life. Like I, I, I don't know. I just think that 
it's like a side of me, I guess, that they don't see. So I want to keep like a certain persona. Not that it's not professional, but it's just, you know, I don't know. It's it's like uncomfortable for me when if that would ever happen. So I'm like, thank God, like no one's ever brought it. And if they do, I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's just something I do on the side for fun. Um yeah. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, I have a, like a lot of my patients are like middle-aged older men. So like if they were to mention my social media, I'd be like, oh, that's a little weird. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, well, I don't think you're my uh, demographic, the demographic. <laughs> right. I Exactly. So that's why I'm like, this is a bit bizarre. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's why meant the way that I'm thinking about it. But even if they found it, like, I wouldn't care. But it's just bringing it up at a time where we should be focusing on them. It's like, the spotlight's on you, my friend, not me. Yes. <laughs> Let's dive into many things. Another creative outlet, which... I checked it out and you have so many cute pins. So are, tell me what is MediThings? So MediThings is essentially like a little shop that I started on Etsy and it was just a creative outlet for me. So when I was younger, I was obsessed with enamel pins. I loved enamel pins. I would collect them. I would put them on a backpack. Like I just loved how small they were and so creative. Like it was just like, I just loved collecting pins. So actually the whole idea of many things actually stemmed from like a soul fit charity uh, event that I did. So that event, but like a fundraiser. So soul fit, one of the things that we did to raise money for soul fit was, I was like, you know, it's so popular for students to wear little enamel pins on their white coat. So I was like, Oh, it would be so fun to create like a soul fit enamel pin. So that's exactly how it all started. So for one of my fundraisers, I made like a little, foot with all these little puzzle pieces inside and it was like soul fit so you know we fit shoes for kids in need and the puzzle pieces just made sense so that's the first thing that basically I created in terms of like an enamel pin and then there was such good um there was such good feedback about the pin that I was like oh this is really fun like I created that like you're wearing something that I literally created this is so cool so then I was like, well, maybe I can make some other ones. And, you know, how can I actually sell them? Am I going to go to like, you know, the schools? Am I going to like put them in some gift shop? And then I was like, well, I can just sell them online on Etsy. And that'll just be remote. Like I can just do it wherever I go. And I started the Etsy shop and I didn't really know. Oh, at first, at first I had named it um, Medipins. That was the first name. So for maybe like a year, uh, I was, the shop was called MediPins. Then <laughs> a neuropathy like monofilament company reached out to me and they're like, if you don't change your name, we're going to sue you because this is our name for a monofilament. I was like, what? MediPins? I was like, what is this? So then I looked it up and sure enough, it's like a registered trademark name for a company that has monofilament testing. And I was like, well, shit now, like, what am I going to name? My, what am I going to name my shop? And then I was like, well, you know, I want to eventually expand the shop to different things, stickers, whatever it may be. I was like, maybe now's the time to transition the name and completely change it and just make it a little bit more broad and just call it many things. It'll just be like stickers, you know, different things. So that's how the name many things came to be. It was originally many pins. And then I was threatened to get sued. So. What a fun time. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that's a great email. That means you must have been like 
having subtraction for them to notice. Yes, yes. And it was funny because I think still, if you type in Medi pins, like my shop comes up. So I'm sure they're pissed about that. But <laughs> you're I was like, like, what do you do? I mean, I changed the name. There's nothing legally like, you know, and I already registered trademark Medi thing. So no one can take that name either. So it, what's interesting about starting like a, a small business like that is like, People start copying your designs. You have to get into copyright infringement. Like I literally had to get a lawyer for the shop. So like it really, you know, one thing leads to another and leads to another. And you learn so much about like the thing that you're doing just by doing it. Like I had no idea one day I would have like a, um, a lawyer just strictly for like copyrights and like registered trademark names and stuff like that. But it comes with the territory of starting something new and wanting to protect what you started. So yeah, many things that was the tr uh, registered trademark name, which it was not cheap to do. Um, like lawyers are expensive. <laughs> oh yeah. But I used the many things money that I got, like everything that I put into the business is from the business itself. So I save everything from many things and I put it back into the business. Like nothing goes into my personal like expenses or my loans and stuff. It just goes strictly into the business. Yeah, it's just like a fun way to, and I really do enjoy it. Like doing my orders, it's like, I do it weekly. I haven't lost momentum with many things. That's one of the things that is still going strong. Um, I actually hit 7,000 sales like a month ago. So it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Like, until it gets a little bit, you know, more traction. But it's cool because sometimes, you know, different people from different rotations or like different, some of my friends that I've met will see someone at work with one of my pens and they'll take a picture of them. And they're like, oh my God, like one of, my, one of the nurses at my, my hospital is wearing your pins. I'm like, that makes me so happy. Like intrinsically, like there's no, there's nothing more in terms of the shop that makes me happier than seeing other strangers like wear my pins that I don't even know. Like it, it puts like the biggest smile on my face. Yeah. It's rewarding. And you're like, oh my gosh, I did. I did that. Yeah, it's like, and they like it. Yes, exactly. That's like the coolest thing. Oh, for so sure. Draw, so, like, do you d draw the designs and then yeah, so I usually use like computer software, stuff like that to draw it out. And then um, that's basically it. I, I don't draw. Like I I use a lot of stencils. I do a little, a lot of fill-ins in like the computer, but I, drawing, if you see me draw, you'll be like, what is this trash? Like <laughs> I cannot draw at all. So a lot of the things is like, I make, I get like outlines, cutouts from like online and then I just, patch it up like it's like really elementary the, sh the shit that I do to make these pins but um yeah but then basically I I for some of them <clears throat> I send it to like a designer I'm like fix this this looks awful I'm like can you just like because they're they know the programs they know like all this like art stuff I was like can you like make this bigger make this smaller do this do that and they do it and I'm like perfect so <laughs> I love it <laughs> ship it out that's that awesome. Great. No, congrats. I love, like, I just like hearing when people aren't afraid to take risks and like jump into something like, you know what, I'm going to learn as I go. And, uh, I'm just like soul fit pod talk, social uh, media and many things just like, I just, yeah, love, I love think that. intrinsically I'm a risk taker for sure. <laughs> but I think, you know, 
you either have the risk taker trait or you don't, you know what I mean? Um, I love taking risks and that's something that has helped me in my life, but has also gotten me in a lot of trouble. So, so it's not, it's not all, you know, it's not all, you know, it's, it comes with the territory of taking risks, but, um, and that's one thing I feel like, I feel like more people should at least attempt to do like take risks because I feel like with the risks, at least for me, like if I didn't take a risk, there would always be regrets. Like, oh, what if I didn't start many things? What if I didn't start the podcast? Or what if I didn't start social media? Like social media has opened up so many connections and doors for me in terms of just exposure to people in our profession. Like there's so, I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for social media. I wouldn't know a lot of brilliant women and brilliant people in our profession if it wasn't for social media. So I think there, there's always an element of fear with anything that you do, but I feel like, at least for me, my perspective, I'd rather take the risk than live with the regret that I didn't do it. I couldn't agree more. And that was really well put. Thank <laughs> uh, you. So for anybody listening, like that's thinking about wanting to try something, just, just do it as long as you're not hurting anybody. So I have this quote that's above my computer and it reads, have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. And I freaking love that quote and I see it every day. So for me, it's like, try everything, experiment with things in in your personal life, in your career, but don't be attached to anything because any sort of attachment is going to keep you back. And I see this every day and every time I'm on my computer, I just read this quote and it's just always hanging in front of me. And I try to follow it like with everything that I do. It's like, have an open mind. Don't say no to things. Um, I think one of the mistakes that I recently learned is if someone, you know, offers you something or presents like a new idea, don't say no, unless you have all the information. Don't prematurely say no. Don't close the door before you know what's behind it 100%. So that's definitely something that, you know, is a mistake that I fairly newly learned and I learned from that and I will never ever say no to something without knowing 100% what's behind the door Um, because it doesn't hurt to get information. It doesn't hurt to explore other options in terms of anything in your career, in your personal life. You have the time and you have the resources to get more information. So don't let fear or, oh no, I'm supposed to do this for a certain amount of time, or I'm supposed to do this for X amount of years, or that's not a path that people like personally take or that we see take, you know, do your own thing, take your own path, take risks, and don't be attached to anything. Your past is your past for a reason. And I feel like me, myself included, I overthink a lot of things in my past. And, you know, I let that interfere with, you know, what's happening in the present moment. So yeah, that's, that's my little, my little Oh, you're very wise wise words oh, thank you thank you yeah. and very very true like words to live by and yeah don't don't do things that people think you should be doing like following yeah and you have, exactly and you have to do things that interest you you have to do things that you know light like a spark in you like if you do the same thing every day and you're miserable or you're not happy or you're with someone that doesn't make you happy, or you're in a family situation doesn't make you happy, a state doesn't make you happy, or a job, whatever it may be, you have the opportunity to change that. And the fact that you do something different outside of the cookie cutter path 
I think that can inspire other people to do the same. Like, oh, Dr. Oksana did a fellowship in, you know, microsurgery. That's freaking awesome. Like, I'm going to do that. You know, you know, Katerina did this. Like, no one does that. Like, that's so cool that she did that. Like, that's amazing. I'm going to do that. You know, there's so many women that have started businesses on this podcast that, you know, are taking so many different routes that us as students, when we were back in the day, we didn't know it even existed or it was even possible for ourselves. So the fact that we're, you know, you're exposing all these women to all their successes and all their mistakes and everything like that. I think that is so valuable. No, thanks. This was a really inspiring, I'm inspired, inspired right now. <laughs> I love, I love doing stuff like that. Like I love just talking. I love people like listening and being like, I listened to that. And like, that really helped me like with either my mental health or, you know, being a little bit more confident or taking the plunge and doing something risky in my career or whatever it may be. Um, and then another tip, I know this is totally like random, but <laughs> talking about like being wise and like tips and stuff. Um, if there is somebody that you want to meet, if there is somebody that you're like, interested in speaking to go talk to them at a conference if you want to connect with them in LinkedIn open the door for yourself and introduce yourself because you never know what can happen in the future there's people that I've connected with years ago that have come into my present life and they're like hey I remember you know speaking to you like three four years ago you know are you interested in this or like what are your thoughts about that I'm like how do you even remember me like it's so insane how people's past kind of you know, intertwine and then they break off and they intertwine again. So I think that's, you know, I think you have to, three things that I think that are my, my core values is number one, be bold, introduce yourself, make yourself known. You're, you're someone that you have the intrinsic want to do something for the community, uh, be a doctor, help other people. If you, there's a way for you to do that more efficiently in a higher level, like you have to meet people, you have to put yourself out there. So be bold. Number two, take risks. No one has ever gotten to where they are if they didn't take risks. We wouldn't be here if we didn't take risks. The risk of taking the MCAT, the risk of going to school, the risk of finishing residency, all those things, taking out massive amounts of loans to pursue what we want to do, that's a huge risk. Um, and then the third thing, ask for help when you need it. Like those are my core three things. And I think that if people did that a little bit more uh, routinely, I think people would have more flourishing careers, more, they would be happier. And it's, it's not bad to ask for help. You can't, you can't think alone. There's always someone out there that can help you. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to ask for help, but if you need it, you have to ask for it because I think there's always going to be someone that's going to be out there to help you. Yes. And <laughs> like, I know so far, all the people that I've interviewed, like when they say, if you have any questions or anything, they truly mean that, like, don't hesitate to reach out for help. Right. And I, I probably learned that, so, you know, you go to when you were a student or early in your residency, they're like, oh, stay in touch. And you're like, they don't really mean that. No, they, they really mean that. And people yeah. do want to help others. Like you feel good to help too. So it's like, no, you're, you're totally. helping them and you're like, by helping them, they're actually helping you too. So exactly. Wow. You have a good, uh, three. And podiatry, oh, thank you. And then podiatry is such a close community too. We're a small, small community. So if someone doesn't have the resources to help you, I feel like 
and I've experienced this. If someone didn't have the resource, they would be like, well, let me reach out to somebody that can help you. And they would connect you with somebody new. I, you know, there was a student that had such a hard time finding someone to shadow in the middle of the pandemic. And I had posted, I remember this and I, I will never forget the person that did this because I was like, you're amazing. Uh, I was like, oh, there's a student that needs help like with shadowing. They're having like a really hard time finding someone to shadow because of COVID. If anyone is in this area, can you please connect with them? Maybe have them in your office. And somebody reached out to me and they're like, yeah, I would love to have her. Like, please, you know, send her my information. And they connected. I was like, you know, podiatrists in our profession, they're, it's, especially the ones on social media, they're there to help. They're there to provide. They're there to be out there to be a resource for people. So really, especially if you're a student or resident, take that to your advantage. Absolutely. Not to move into the final thoughts, but uh, we'll start with this one since we're kind of on the topic. What is a tip you wish you could tell your younger self about pursuing a career in podiatric medicine and surgery? I think the biggest tip um, my younger self should know is not to worry as much. I think I spent so many countless hours just worrying about, oh my God, which residency am I going to go to? Like, what state am I going to be in? What am I going to focus on in my career? That all comes with time. Like, you waste your time by worrying. Um, And I was just so overly stressed in school. Like, Like, the most stress I think I've ever been in my career was in school, trying to get a a good GPA and then interviews. Interviews was like the most stressed, like my my jaw locked during interviews. I could, I was so stressed. And then for what, you know what I mean? Like you you go into residency, you're matched where you're matched. If you do your best, you're gonna succeed. You know, all the programs are built to train you. They wouldn't be a program if, you know, they were horrible and they don't, you know, have the cases for you. So wherever you go, you can succeed. And I feel like if I look back, I would just tell myself, don't worry, things are going to turn out the way that they're going to turn out. Let the universe and fate kind of just bring you to your next step and then just run with it. And looking back now that I've, you know, with you and me, like we finished all the levels, school's done, residency's done, fellowship is done. And now we just have our careers to focus on. Like, and sometimes, yes, and that... For me, honestly, that was like a mental transition that I had to get acclimated to because we're so, you know, level-based. Everything that we've done in our careers thus far has been like, okay, on to the next level, on to the next level. Let's go on, you know, to you know, residency, fellowship. There's always a stage level. And then when you're complete and you're on the top and you're like doing work and you're like, it kind of feels lonely. You're like, what's next? I'm here. Like, what else, what's the next level? Like, what am I doing next? Of course, the levels can be, you know, you're building your practice, you're working with different people. You have to build your own levels. And I think that's one of the transitions that mentally I'm like, ooh, like, what am I going to do now? Like, it's just such a weird, for me, it was such a weird feeling of like, okay, like what's next? That's basically it. Like, don't worry, things will happen as they happen. And you know, if you come to find that, you know, whatever you're doing day in, day out is not for you, like there's always, there is always, 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 always something that you can do with your DPM degree outside of clinical medicine. And I feel like not a lot of people talk about that. And I think it's something important to say because sometimes people get into the clinical field after they're done with training and they're just like, 
maybe there's something else for me. I don't know if I want to do this day in, day out. Like people have kids, they don't want to commit to something full time, but they also don't want to, you know, quote unquote, throw their DPM degree away. If you go to any conference and you go to any booth, all of these vendors, all these people that are there, these are potential companies that any DPM can work for. So I feel like there's so many options that a DPM degree can open up um, that we're kind of just trained to feel like, okay, we either do research or we do clinical stuff. That's not true. You can do so many other things. And I actually recorded a podcast about the different things that you can do, but I haven't uploaded it yet. I don't know why. I don't know what's keeping me from pressing post, but. Well, um, I'm excited to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Should be a little bit more in the public space of like, you know, advertising different options that you can pursue with any medical degree, DO, DPM, MD, because there's so many jobs out there that would be lucky to have a DPM on staff and on board with all the things that we know about the foot and ankle. Yes. And I think that helps having like a, once again, like a different avenue to go down. That's not just strictly clinical or surgical for burnout. Like I know I need outside. I know for me personally, I need outside revenue and avenues to follow. Otherwise I don't like, I want to be able to do this long-term. So I'm trying to set myself up to continue to love medicine throughout my whole whole career. (laughs) Yeah. I never want to ever get to the point where I'm like, I hate what I do. Like I love what I do, but I feel like there's a time and a place for everything. And sometimes people get into situations where they don't even like, you know, the environment, they don't like the people, they don't like the state they're in, they're away from their families. There's so many things that go into like liking what you do. And it's not just strictly like the work environment. And that's always something that can change. You know, I feel like people feel like they're in a box and they're just captivated there, but we have a voice. We have choices. We live in a country where we can make choices. So I mean, we just have to take it and run with it really. Yeah. And really podiatry can be whatever you want it to be. And I truly believe that you can subspecialize. Like you said, you can go work for another, like a different company. Like it's, you are not pigeonholed into one thing. Right, right. And I think the podiatric perspective is so important because there's so many companies that basically have MDs and DOs that are running certain, you know, graft companies, wound care companies, this and that. And then it's like, how much do they really know about the diabetic foot or microsurgery or anything that any sort of fellowship like specializes in? Like we need our voices out there. And I think long-term, that's one huge way that we can expand our profession is by doing these positions that are outside of the clinical world. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more again. (laughs) So I know, yeah, like freshly out of fellowship and busy building your like practice right now with while and being part of six hospitals and all these creative outlets (laughs) with, with that. Is there something outside of podiatry right now that you're currently learning or exploring? Um, that's a really good question. Okay, so I started learning about crypto, but that's so hard, honestly. <laughs> NFTs, baby. Yeah, it's so hard. I don't even know like where to even start with that. Like, I've been trying to watch YouTube videos about that, like the meta world and all that stuff, the metaverse. It's just like it's interesting to me because I know the world is in 20, 30 years, it's going in that route where everything is going to be virtual. 
and I'm trying to wrap my mind around that change. And, you know, by the time we're 70, 80, people are going to be living in a whole other universe. I'm going to be like, how, where is the remote? Like, how do I put this on? <laughs> like, I don't even know. So I'm trying to learn a little bit more about that just simply because it's intriguing to me. Um, and I don't understand how 12 year olds are flipping NFTs and they're making millions. And that just blows my mind. But no, I'm like, am I? at that age now that I'm getting left behind and I don't want, I want to be, I want to be a part of that ride. I I feel the same way. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's what I've tried to look into that too. I'm like, I don't understand. What's that word mean? Right. Right. I'm like, this is interesting, but like, it's a huge gamble because there's all these different fees and all that stuff. Like, you know, how you have to know when to sell. It's like basically stock markets for like pictures. Yeah. Um, but it's just, the concept is very interesting to me. So I was learning about that. And then I guess I'm trying to learn a little bit more about like industry investing something in terms of like stocks and stuff. Um, I don't have a lot of knowledge about that, like, you know, financial stuff like that. So I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit more. Um, cause that's definitely something that doesn't get taught in schools. I know nothing about finance and like all that stuff. So it's something that I have to like physically do myself to learn and know how to invest and all that stuff. So I'm in, that's a journey for me. I, I'm in the works <laughs> to learn more about all that stuff. Or I wish I would have got my MBA, <laughs> but Seriously. maybe there, there's still, there's still time. There's still time. And honestly, you can learn anything on YouTube. Yeah. You, you know what yeah. I mean? If I ever yeah. get an MBA, it's going to be through YouTube university for free. <laughs> Much that I think I was googling something today, like about business and learning from yeah. from, from YouTube University. So, <laughs> well, with that being said, like thank you so much for being on. You just have this was um, great to be able to talk about all your creative outlets and kind of your path in podiatry, and really appreciate your positiveness and like your attitude. It's it's very um. A, fresh, a breath of fresh air. Let's say that. Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. And thank you so much for starting this podcast. It's so, so important. And please don't ever lose momentum. I'll be your biggest fan. I, and I hope you're able to interview every female podiatrist out there um, throughout your career, because you're going to leave such a huge impact because these are recordings. They're never going to go away. So you're going to impact people that you've never even met before people that don't even know they want to go into podiatry yet. So that's so valuable. Well, thanks. If I ever am slowing down, I'll I'll reach out and you can kick my butt into high gear again. (laughs) Just let me know. And if there's any time that you want to like specifically talk about one topic, I would love to be another guest star just focusing on that. I was gonna say, I would love to have you back anytime until you match my energies and I love your energy too. So just let me know whenever, and then we'll make it happen. Perfect. And if anybody has any questions or anything and wants to reach out, is there a good place that they could reach out to you. Yeah. Um, either through Instagram, Katerina DPM or through email, which is Katerina DPM at gmail.com. I'm available, you know, for questions, anything that you guys want. Those are the two best ways to contact me. Okay. Well, perfect. And thank you again. And I can't wait for it to have you back. Thank you so much, Dr. Oxman. I really appreciate your time. Email me at droxman at gmail.com. The address is in the show notes below. And let me know if there's a topic or if you know a kick-ass lady who should be interviewed. Thanks for listening. 
looking forward to hearing your comments and suggestions on the podcast. And remember, stay uncomfortable. That's where we grow.